John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's the father of Ragwest Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. Know if the Lord has done millions of miracles in your life, adore Him this moment. And also, as you listen, may you be blessed in Jesus' name.
For the first service, ask your neighbor, say, are you ready for the word of God in this hour? Ask your neighbor, say, are you ready to be blessed by God? Amen. I believe that God got a lot of miracles for you and I in this service. 
and he's going to be blessing us through his servant, through, his, through our pastor, who he has been using greatly. And I want you to rise on your feet as you welcome him on the stage. Why he, God used us, used him to bless us this morning. Put your hands together, join me to welcome and say, Our pastor, Pastor John Joseph, as he blessed us this morning with the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we are the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Give us we have to fear. Say when we fall, when we fall in the name of Jesus, tell me who has the power to approve. In our hearts, name of Jesus, we have the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a new month. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Are you excited that God has preserved you to see another glorious month? Now tell your neighbor, say, my neighbor is a Thanksgiving Sunday. Say, my neighbor, I am ready to thank God today. Now, by the time I finish preaching, there's going to be another special praise session. And uh, so if you have your dancing shoe on, send your child to bring it right now. Because you will be missing by the time that dancing shoe is needed in today's service. Put your hand together if you celebrate the goodness of God today. Hallelujah. Before we are seated on this glorious day, I want to pray for those whose birthday falls on the month of June. If you are born, if, if you are born in the month of June, whilst the rest are sitting you are going to remain standing because it's your month of celebration June represents celebration alright so if you are born in the month of June can you remain standing remain standing wow put your hands together for this June some people are even thinking of standing up already they are not sure hallelujah wonderful let us pray for this June. Father, we thank you for these wonderful people that are born in the month of June. Thank you because it's a month of celebration for them. It's a month of glory. I pray for your children as they celebrate their birthdays this month that their joy will not turn to sorrow. Amen. May the Lord crown your year with greater grace. Amen. Amen. Everything that is bringing joy to you will not turn to sorrow. Amen. This is a season of celebration. May your celebration greatly increase. Amen. The Lord is a giver of good things. In this month, as you celebrate your birthday, may you receive your own good package. Amen. May your good package not pass you by. Amen. May the Lord keep moving you from victory to victory. Amen. So shall it be for you. Amen. In Jesus' wonderful name we have prayed. Amen. Now, church, can you put your hands together for this celebrant? God bless you all. Hallelujah. And also, my dear baby girl, Ellen Queen, is also celebrating her birthday today. I got to know her when I was taller than her. I didn't know when she became taller than me. So maybe after service, she has to tell me what she has been eating. 
the Lord bless you, Elder Queen. Put your hands together for Jesus. All right. Now, I will continue today. You want people to share a clap for you? Please clap for them as they are going back to their seat. They've been waiting for me to say clap for them. That's why they don't want to drop the mic. Those are our praise team. They've been doing a great job. Hallelujah. I've been teaching. I started teaching last Sunday on how to receive a miracle from God. And today I'm going to continue, but just change the title a bit to how to actually how to receive from God. How to receive from God. And the test for this series is found in Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 7. It says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So you realize that there are two realms. The realms of asking and the realms of receiving. Every of these realms ask what is required of them. For so long we have been taught how to pray. Prayer, prayer, prayer. But most of us do not understand the act of receiving from God. So, just as there are principles that govern prayer, there are also principles that govern receiving from God. Now, as I'm teaching this on Sundays now, Tuesdays we are now having prayer breakthrough service or breakthrough prayer service. Last Tuesday was fantastic. We spent some good time praying. And I don't want you to miss coming Tuesday because... This is your season for answer to prayers. You are going to have more answer to your prayer in this month of June. So as we are learning how to receive, on Tuesday we are coming to pray. So we are praying and now we are receiving. This is your month of testimony. I said this is your month of testimony. So tell your neighbor, don't miss the prayer service on Tuesdays. Because all through this month of June is a prayer time. Hallelujah. Now, last week, I shared with you hindrances or barriers to receiving from God. Things that can hinder you from receiving from God. Now, if you are not in last week's service, I want to encourage you, get the message. On your iPhone, all you need to do is to start search for, go to podcast and search for Pastor John Joseph, and you subscribe there, you see all the messages. If you have Android, go to Google Play Store and download a hub called, called Podbean. P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Podbean. Search for Pastor John Joseph there also and subscribe. All the messages will drop there. Go to YouTube. Search for Royal Grace Chapel in YouTube. I think there are 200 Royal Grace Chapel, Royal Grace Chapel International. But I think with the one we are using is Royal Grace Chapel International Royal Grace. Either of the two you see. The one that has all the messages there. Get the messages. Download them. Listen to them. Now, I will quickly do some of the recap. 
The first hindrance I share with you was ignorance. That ignorance, lack of knowledge, hinders a man from receiving from God. What you don't know is your greatest enemy. What you don't know can kill you. What you don't know can hinder your prayer. You will not die a foolish death in the name of Jesus. The second one is unconfessed sins. The Bible says that he that covereth the sins shall not prosper. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your fault one to another. Pray one for another. For the future prayer and prayer of a righteous man are one. So when you come before the Lord, you must let go confess your sin by applying the precious blood of Jesus. The next one is unbelief. The Bible says in Mark chapter 11 verse 23, So whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe. So you cannot be praying and be walking in doubt and unbelief and think you will receive. Bible says that a double-minded man cannot receive from God. In the book of James chapter 2 verse 23, he actually said that Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him as righteousness. So when you don't believe God, it is imputed unto you as a sin. Unbelief is a dangerous thing. Hallelujah. The next one is unforgiveness. In fact, there are two major things that Jesus actually said with his mouth that can hinder your prayer from answering. He talked about believing, which is unbelief, or doubt, can hinder your prayer from being answered. The next one he talked about is unforgiveness. I thank God for that, our sister's testimony. You know, I shared with you last Sunday that every opportunity you have in the house of God, don't think you will always have another. Now, please, I can see that some of you have been obstructed by the view, the camera stand. If you can't see me, there's a problem. So, please feel free to adjust to where you can see me. Alright? Don't just keep looking at the bomb bomb of the prayer, um, the cameraman. It will not do you any good. You will only be having bad dreams after service. Because the man is moving, you're only looking at his bum bum. So move away to where you can actually see me and see the puppets. So that you can Mommy T, I don't think you can see me because I can't see your face. Okay, you are looking. No, no, no. You have you easily have neck pain. If you are looking, so see where you can see me. I want to see your face. The Yoruba say Ojunorowa. Do you understand? Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Who else who is there? I cannot see. My, my sister at the back. My, no, yes, my, can you see me very well? If I stand there, can you see me? Are you sure? Okay, good. So, unforgiveness is another thing that the Lord talked about. And interpreter team, if you, if you, if you, if you want to inter- this service to be interpreted to you in Yoruba, please go outside. And I hope they are not interpreting everything I was saying, even the last one I said. I don't know how they will interpret that. <laughs> so, unforgiveness... It's a major thing. Now you heard when that our sister said she, she just decided to act. Don't always think you always have another opportunity. Take every word as your word and run with it. The Bible said that until the word of Joseph came, he was not delivered from prison. When Joseph heard, when Pharaoh sent for him, he knew that was his word. He shaved and ran with that word. So in a service, I may say a lot of things, 
but only one thing will matter to you that is your own word in that service lay hold of that word and run with it today i pray that you will not miss your own word today i pray you will not miss your own word the word that god has for you you will not miss it in the name of jesus say with me i am looking for my word and i will not miss my word hallelujah now all forgiveness is another thing that can hinder you from receiving from god how do you know you are forgiven as long as that incident is bringing bitterness to your heart as long as you cannot look at that person and laugh as long as that incident is still bringing the sorrow as though it happened yesterday you have not forgiven so sometimes you have to ask the lord to help you to forgive you have to ask the lord to remove the bitterness in fact let me say this until the bitterness leaves you can never forget what makes forgetfulness hard is because you are retaining the bitterness but when you let go of the bitterness it's easy to forgive you see the enemy and you still laugh praise god there are two sins god cannot forgive how many sins there are two sins god cannot forgive two two sins that god can never forgive in case you don't know number one is the sin of blaspheming against the holy spirit that one you can easily not enter it because blasphemy means to deliberately speak words against the holy spirit and you cannot do that without deciding to do that you have to decide to speak against the holy spirit you have to say today i want to abuse god well i want to rubbish the holy spirit i want to tell i want to make him useless even though i know it is wrong i want to do it by myself so you realize that it's not easy to blaspheme it's not something you can say oh i have blasphemed and i did not know you will know when you blaspheme because you have to make a decision to blaspheme so that one is even not my concern the other one that concerns me that god the sin the second sin that god can never forgive you is the sin of unforgiveness the bible says that if you don't forgive your father will not forgive you your father which is in heaven will not forgive you unforgiveness is the next sin that you can commit that god will never forgive you unforgiveness is a sin do you know why because you are not trying to be lord and savior over that person you are saying no matter what you do in life i will keep you in this prison for the rest of your life so unforgiveness is i owe you the person they live often often that one we don't forgive is because of the truth we are right and the person is wrong you don't only forgive because the person is not wrong you forgive even when you are right and the person is wrong just to let go so that you can receive forgiveness from god the day you don't forgive from that day every sin you commit before god remains unforgiving can you imagine living your life that way how can your prayer be answered when you are a sinner before god amen that last week's message i share with you how my life i remain a bricklayer a laborer maybe by now i will have been a bricklayer because i work for bricklayer so much so well that i began to learn how to plaster house i can plaster i can hold um i don't even know the name so well and use, i was practicing because the future i was envisaging with that way was bricklayer maybe by now i will be building a house for some of you oh god knows but thank god i had to release my father from my heart amen the next one there are six things that can hinder your that i'm mentioning that can hinder your prayer i've mentioned four but i didn't mention these two parts last week so pay attention to this the remaining two for those of you who are not 
around last week or those of you around. The next one is occultic activities. Occultic activities. Exodus chapter 23 verse 24. Exodus 23 verse 24 says, Thou shalt not bow to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works. I will pause there. Serve their God, nor do after their works. You see, there are different types of occultic activities. But I want to talk about the ones that Christians are doing, but they don't know that it's sin. One of the occultic activities that have held Christians captive, for instance, is most of you who have orthodox background will easily fall into this one. But you don't know that it is occultic activity. There is an occultic activity in most of you who grew up in the background of orthodox churches. And by orthodox church, I mean Catholic, maybe Anglican, Methodist, and those founding, our founding churches. They are the father's church, they are our mother church. Most churches originated or came out from them. Number one is the use of rosary to pray. When you use rosary to pray, you are practicing occultism. The Bible is always right. Anything any man in the name of man of God tells you that he cannot prove to you from the Bible is occultic. Most Christians practice occultism because they follow men and their doctrine and they don't even care to look into the Bible. Some of you, when they are sharing communion, you say you don't want to receive communion. Because somebody has told you that if you don't have, if you are not baptized in water, you should not receive communion. Show me where it is in the Bible. Show me where it is in the Bible. Most of you in the Orthodox background, we never, you don't believe in speaking in tongues. And you are complaining that your prayer has not been answered. Because why will God give you the gift of tongues? It will not be relevant for you. Will God give you things that will not be useful for you? Even the Lord Jesus told his disciples, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Even those of you who are now in this church, you realize that even though you are in this church, whenever you hear people speaking in tongues, your mind antagonizes it, it fights it, because somehow, way, somebody has told you that it's wrong. Show me where God said it in the Bible. The Bible is always right. The Bible, it, man can be wrong, but the Bible is always, say with me, the Bible is always right. If I, Pastor John, tells you or preach anything and I don't prove it for you in the Bible, then I am leading you to occultism. Never follow any man of God or woman of God that tells you things that he cannot prove from the Bible. The Bible is always right. Now, some of you are fixed in that, in that enclave. Your life is not moving at the pace God wants you to move because there's a stronghold of a doctrine Probably you were born into it. You grew up into it. That is now fighting your mind. But today, by this word, your deliverance has come today. The Bible never said pray with the rosary. It's fetish. You see, the Catholic Church started their practice when they became a political organization in, a, in court. And there were a lot of practices that they, they, they started that were not godly. One of them is praying with rosary. Because they say, when people then come to church, they have to buy rosary. It was generating money for them. Able to build Vatican and those things those days. Go and read church history. It was generating money. 
Those were ornaments that were being sold for the purpose of merchandising them. But what did Jesus do? He chased out such people who were selling like that in the house of God. Never pray with a rosary. You only pray in the name of Jesus. That's the only thing Jesus said. Pray in my name. Ask the Father for anything in my name. It's occulting to pray with rosary. Pray with me where Jesus said that you should pray with a rosary. They began to say that you can pay for your relative to move from purgatory to heaven. Even a dead person. No matter the prayer you pray for a dead person, a dead person is dead. Your prayer can do nothing for a dead person. It is appointed to man to die and after this the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. Yeah, we do formal prayer, but see, the only time prayer can answer is when the person can say amen or when the person is still alive. Prayer cannot change a dead man. It cannot even change the way he sleeps. Your prayer can only increase the maggots in the grave. The next occultic practice people do is praying or hanging the picture of the so-called Jesus in their houses. If you have the image of that handsome man in your house called Jesus, that is not Jesus. That is a merchandise people sell to make money. It's not Jesus. Jesus looked like an Arab man. Jewish and Arabs, they are the same color. Which Arab man looks like that man? With long hair, with blue eyes. They went to go and look for an handsome bobo to sell to you, to call Jesus and you are buying him. And demons are calling to you. You say you have seen Jesus. That man is not Jesus. With blue eyes. Jesus resembles a typical African man. Because if not, when he went back to Egypt to go and hide, they would have known that he was not from there. So you should look at how Egyptians till today look like for him to have been able to blend in that society. This man is a white man. Jesus was not a white man with blue eye, long hair. And you are, Jesus, please. Please, please, please. It's occultic. It's occultic. Take it from me. Show me where there was no person that could draw him. That is why the Bible never left us with any description of Jesus. The person they don't see, how can they draw him? Mm. They've scammed some of us. Mm. Silence in the house. Listen to me. The Bible said Jesus was a carpenter. How many carpenters in your lifetime is as handsome as that? With all the wood away in carry, the air was still there. Which carpenter do you know that looks so clean without pimples? Show me. That is as handsome as that. They will even show him when he's coming like this. His hands so clean. No rough or Which carpenter they carry in the window for rough or rough? If you ever have that picture in your house, bring it down. That's not Jesus. And you don't know how that thing has been fighting your life. So make it worse. Some of you will face him. About me. Just hold look at me. Never pray with a cross. Because the cross is set to us. That cross is too smooth. 
they, Jesus actually hanged on a tree. Don't you see this cross? This cross is just for us to remember. So it's a symbol, but nobody should pray to a cross. Some of you go to churches, you kneel down before the cross. That is idolatry, occultic practices. There's no way in the Bible that says you should kneel down before a cross. These are the things fighting most Christians, but they don't know it. Because they carry this juju mentality from the background where they are, then they are looking for something to just hold on to. So some of you now, you tie the cross. You used to tie, um, what's that in No, no, then you don't have it. Bante, ah, do you know Bante? All these men have it too. You must have it. They will tie it in their waist. If you make anything, they will... Then you fall like crayfish. Now, you say you are born again. You have removed that one. Then you have got to tie plenty crosses around your waist. That is called Christo Bante. It's still not right. It's not right. It's not right. Some of you, they are still selling. I, 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 the other day, I saw somebody moving around, selling some rings. Even they are advertising them online now. Ring to marry. Ring for this. Ankati for breakthrough. Ring for money. Ring for this. And you are a Christian. You are buying those rings, wearing those rings, putting it on your hand, on your leg, on whatever. Some of you, they say, even if you, if you want your husband to love you more, when you wear that ring, any man... Occultic activity. Listen to me. It's occultic. Do away with it. I said, do what? Do away with it. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. The name of Jesus is what we need. And all that, that is all for us. Anything the name of Jesus cannot do, let it remain undone. That's how it is. Anything the name of Jesus cannot give you, let it remain undone. 100%. Jesus. Are you with me? If, it, if that is your word, take it, go home and put Some of you, you are not carrying masquerade but you send money to the village for the masquerade. They tell you that, oh, somebody has seen a vision. You need to pay and you know often the vision, the vision has to scare you so that you bring money. Now they said that you, if you don't pay, you will die. And you too. I'm a Christian, but I don't want to go and do it, so let me send the money. Actually, you have, bought, you have entered into an agreement. If you cease from paying, the day you stop paying, that, that money, that thing will begin to fight you. Because even though you are in Christ, you are here nor there. You don't see anything wrong with Juju and those who are practicing them. So the only thing that you go to church, but you pay and sponsor those who do it. That's occultic. It will fight you. It will what? Fight you. A Christian when you get to that point, I have to say, I'd rather die than to seek alternative to Jesus. They will tell you, oh, they said, even if it's a prophet, any prophet that sees vision in the name of God and is asking you to come and pay, is a scammer. Is a what? Scammer. Take it from me. Jesus never asked any money from anybody for prophecy. And before you accept any prophecy from anybody, watch their life first. If their life is not in agreement to what they are doing, if you accept their prophecy, you have accepted every other spirit they carry. And oftentimes they will first give you the good prophecy to bring you in before the bad one comes. 
Some of you, they will meet you on the road, meet you in your place of shop, work, meet you here, meet you here. My wife is into school business. Those who are into school business, they know this very well. They will come and say, oh, they've seen glory, they've seen this, they've seen that. Oh, yeah? Let me pray. Once you need that and pray, then they will now begin to relate other visions. Some of you, that was the beginning of the trouble of your life when you knelt down for them to pray for you because you did not even investigate who that person is. It is not everybody that calls the name of Jesus that is a follower of Jesus. Bible says, among my people are wicked men. Bible says, they shall come to me. Now they say, Lord, Lord, Lord. And I say, depart from me. You walk us off iniquity. The only way you can know them is by their fruits. Not by their tattered garments. Those of us who are well and I think we are not called. But if I come here now, wear one garment. The thing is looking like this. I stand by the beach and I scare you. Charlie, you call me on my money come. <laughs> and when some of them when, see there's a way they pray I saw one say, circulating some of the thing on um, one of the things that is now raining and that they will go to the mountain sit on top of the mountain say I said this is power you are following emotion they learn it now we like Pastor John come, in the name of Jesus. This one, there's no power in that voice. Follow the word. Follow fruit. Stop following emotions. Amen. The next one is curse. The power of a curse. I'm going to talk about a particular curse that afflicts most Christians also. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 2 says as the bed by wandering as the swallow by flying so the cost costless shall not come you see for a cost to work you must give it a basis one of the curse I have seen that afflicts most Christians can be found in Leviticus chapter 25 Verse 35 to 36. Leviticus 25, 35 to 36. And this curse, the best, one of the people that actually practiced this curse was Esau, the tribe of Edom. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 14, 17, and 23. Numbers chapter 20, verse 14, 17, and 23. And the judgment of that curse upon Edom, upon the tribe of Esau, you will find it in Obadiah chapter 1, verse 1. Just read from verse 1 to 12. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 12. God judged Esau for that same thing I'm about to explain to you. What is this curse? The curse of enslaving your own brethren. The Bible told, the word of the Lord told the children of Israel, excuse me, he said, never enslave your own brethren. I want to explain something to you. In this modern world, the way we do things as Christians is different from the way the world should do them. Anyone that enslaves his own brethren is activating his curse, a curse. What does it mean? You cannot rule out a level in your life that you may need a housemaid or a house get, or somebody to help you. But whenever you want to get a housemaid, 
You want to get a house boy. You want to get a house girl. There are two ways people do it. The one that comes to work for you during the day goes away. And the one that comes to stay in your house. Let me talk about the one that comes to stay in your house. Anybody you bring under your roof as a child of God died against the curse of enslaving that person. I have seen people go to village. I was talking to a prostitute the other day. She said, this woman, just this brother here, at Shoretire ended. said, this woman came to our village, told my mother that she's going to help me, send me to school, and uh, give me job to whatever. Brought me to Lagos. Brought her to this uh, brother that is near Shoretire, our area here. Made her into a prostitute. Took away everything she had. Now that girl is a prostitute. She can't go back to the village. She's, she's not used to prostitution. Listen to me. Whoever did that, of course that girl still has a choice because she's enjoying it. But the woman who did that, she and her generation has come under a curse. You see, the Bible talks about Joab. Joab killed a man called Abner. And David said, all through your lineage, there will always be a leper there. A man called Elisha, a prophet called Elisha, looked at a man called Gehazi, who went to go and collect what he was not about to collect. And Elisha said to Gehazi, he said, for the rest of your life and you and your generation, there will always be a leper in your generation. Oftentimes, curses are responsible for repetition of evil pattern. Because curse makes a man weak. So if you are a Christian, you are walking, you are praying, but you don't know that anytime you gather, something scatters it. There are always sicknesses that come like an anniversary in your life. You do everything, but yet you are going backward. Begin to look deeply. There may be a curse at work. I am not saying that all of them is a curse, but oftentimes, because curse has to have legitimacy for it to work. It has to have a room. And one of the common ones is this one enslavement I'm talking about. There was a lady that told me that when she was young, I think it's even my wife that said that. When she was young, there was a family member that was taking advantage of her, a man. She was just three or four years old or five years old then. This one will come, carry her away because the parent had a problem. So they cannot afford accommodation. So they then went to go and stay in this family house. In this family house, here was this big uncle. When all the children are sleeping in the common room, we come, carry my wife, and begin to finger her. Begin to molest her. Three, four, five years old. He was doing it with all the power he had, but he activated a curse on his life. Now the girl had grown up, had moved on in her life, but the curse remains on him. All of a sudden, he began to give back to children. He gave back to a child. In public, a demon came upon that child. The boy will be playing in this like this, and the boy will sleep, will start facing the floor, will sleep on the floor, face the girl, and start having sex with an unknown object. Whether in school, in public, the boy will not be playing. Before you know it, he will remove his pants, or his pants is still there, and start doing as if he's having sex, and he will be sweating. They will try to remove him, that nobody can stop him. He will break with a boy four years old, five years old. Sleep.
sweeping with the floor. Every, they will not begin to run from one pastor to the other. The problem was that the father had activated the curse when he molested another man's child. That one, he needs to confess his sin. Ask for forgiveness. Don't let them, all those who will leave, deceive you. If you don't retrace your step, you are, they are only collecting your money. You need to break that curse by confessing and forsaking it. Going back to the story I was saying. Anyone that will stay under your roof, for you as a child of God, there's a rule that you must always follow. Whoever, never make anyone stay under your roof that you cannot take care as your own child. So you bring these children because you see, God says that he is the defender of the poor. It's in the Bible. God says that he's the one that fights for those who are poor. So anytime you are taking advantage of somebody because they can't send their children to school, because they are poor, they cannot afford a lawyer, they cannot do this, you are actually now, that is the truth. But behind that person is the almighty God. When you, whatever you do to that child, Jesus said, whatever you do to these little children, you are doing it as unto me. So now, you have this child under your care. You send your own children to the best school. And you send this one to Lekeu. Or you send that one, you don't even care whether she goes to school or not. You cook your love fries for your children and you give this one Gary. Yes, you are doing, you are doing something. But mark you, you are activating a curse. Because you are breaking a word of God. You are treating the angels of God like slaves. Christmas day comes, you go to the market, you buy the best for your children and you don't even remember this girl or this boy and you leave them in rag. And um, you, because you don't take them as your child. Listen to me, no matter who you are, I have nothing to say to you the Lord, I will, oh, I'm preaching the word. Anybody, that's why I read the word of God to you. What you are actually doing is that you are activating a curse over your life. Watch out, those children don't turn out well. They must start well, but they don't turn out well. Watch out, most of those people, they died, they died foolish, death, disease, what? Something by all means makes their story end tragically. Why? Because they are enslaving their own brethren. God said you should never do that. So, if you can't take care of them the way you take care of your own child, tell them, agree with their salary. Pay them their salary. Let them come and go. Maybe the way they come and go, the way they come and go, you, at the end of the month you pay them. Than to let them stay under your roof and you have double standard. It has nothing to do with blood. It is a principle from the word of God. This is what is fighting most people but they don't know it. Is somebody following me this morning? There is no costless curse. You are employing people. You will not pay them their salary. And you are busy eating with your family, moving all around the place. And you have let their all day, they are there working. You are enslaving them, you will not pay their salary. It's a very dangerous thing, though. 
Bible said that the, the sweat of your labor must not dry before you pay them. That's why you see most of these governors, after they chew everything, what is happening to them? What is happening to them? No, what is happening to them? They cannot pay minimum wage of 30,000 naira and they are driving iGP. Look at where we are in Nigeria today. That's the secret. And they are, they are saying they are banning Twitter. And they will, now they will not ban cow. Somebody ban cow. Our lawyer in the country, Attorney General, said they are infringing on their rights. Then somebody spoke about Twitter. Between Twitter and cow, Twitter has never carried a, a gun. Cow in Nigeria is carrying gun. Which one is more dangerous? They have caused themselves. Nobody needs to cause them. See, we are all alive. You will live long. Let's see what will happen to them. The way they will, God always reward wicked people. The season of reward is coming in Nigeria. You will all witness it. Because God is a just God. You cannot allow everybody to vote for you. And you are now favoring a group of people. You are involving a cause. Even if those of you who are going to be president tomorrow, never be a Yoruba president if you are in Nigeria. Because it's not only Yoruba people that voted for you. Never be a Hebrew president because it's not only Hebo that vote for you. If Nigerians vote for you, be a Nigerian president. Not your child president because if not, you have actually deceived and every deceiver always receives the judgment of God. Money can buy you house, but you not buy you home. Money can buy you bed, but you not buy you sleep. That which money cannot buy is the reward that will come upon you. It's not a curse. It's, the, it's what, whatever a man sows, he will reap. I think those of you who are doing SRT, do SRT on this. Hallelujah. Now, principle for answer to prayer. Number one, thanksgiving. Now, we've talked about hindrance. Now, what do you need to do to make your prayer to start answering? Remember, answer to prayer involves you doing something. The number one problem is that most people want their prayer to be answered, but they don't want to do anything. You are deceiving yourself. It's a joint venture. You have a role to play. God has a role to play. If you don't play your role, you cannot see the hand of God. It's true. God and you make your prayer answered. It's a joint venture. Don't let anybody deceive you. It's you and God. You, have, you must play your role. Then God will play his role. So the first role, when it comes to your prayer being answered, is that you must begin with thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now, the word thanksgiving is two words. Thanks and giving. Thanks and giving. Let's look at the word thanks, which is gratitude. Gratitude in prayer is simply celebrating the faithfulness of God. When you are showing your gratitude, you are celebrating the faithfulness of God. Number two, gratitude in prayer is celebrating who God is. So when you are saying thank you, you are saying, I know who my God is. Number three, gratitude is the act of recounting or recalling the goodness of God. Psalm 34, Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. 
So it is not only when God has done something that you thank him. In fact, you start when God has done nothing to make him do something. When you start when with thanksgiving, when God has done nothing, it will end with God doing something. In the book of Luke, we read the story of the Lord Jesus in the book of Luke, where the Bible says that in Matthew, sorry, Matthew chapter 15, verse 36, he was faced with a situation of scarcity. Seven loaves of bread, few fishes. You and I will have complained. Bible said there were 5,000 women there beside their children. And those days there was nothing like family planning. Everybody give birth to children as they want. And the Bible says, instead of complaining, what did Jesus do? He lifted all the loaves. And what did he do? He said, he gave thanks. And gave it to the disciples. He led the rest for God. He has done his own. Whatever begins with thanksgiving cannot end with shame. Start it with thanksgiving. And watch what God will do. When he was faced with the situation in the of Lazarus in John chapter 11. The Bible said in verse 41 of John 11, he said, my father, I thank you because you always hear me. Not, God has not done anything. No. I think this is one of the ways to start your prayer. Thanking him because he's always hearing you. You recount how he has saved you. How he has helped you. You see, use the testimony of yesterday to defeat the problem of today. You use the victory of yesterday to confront the challenge of today. That's how to to fight your battle. I thank you because you always hear me. This month of June, I said this month of June, as you begin to thank God, every mountain before you are moving in the name of Jesus. Every impossible situation according to testimony this month, in the name of Jesus. Anything that represents shame in your life, God is turning it around for your glory this month. Can you shout amen with fire? The next word is giving. Now you see, the word giving has been abused because a lot of pastors have used it to deceive people. So today, most Christians, when they hear the word giving, they almost have heart attack. They have come again. They have come again. They want to collect our money. They want to collect this. You see, there must be something about giving that is making the devil attack it. If giving is not powerful, the devil will not be attacking it. Don't say because there are fake drugs, you will never use the good ones. For there to be fake, that means there are original. Don't say because most Pastors have abused the word given, then you will never give. The devil has you where he needs you. He has gotten you where he needs you to the realm where you always turn your back to God and never give. Acts chapter 10 from verse 1 to 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea, Acts 10 from 1 to 4, called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Verse 4. 
And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, an angel has appeared now. What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, your prayers and your arms are come for a memorial before God. The law of giving still causes open heaven. Say to your neighbor, your giving will cause open heaven. Oh, as I said to your neighbor, your giving... Don't, if you don't have a neighbor, look for another one. If your neighbor is not responsible, your giving will cause open heavens. There are different types of giving. Number one is giving to the poor. Giving to who? The poor. Even when you are fasting and praying, in Isaiah 58 verse 7, the Bible says that when you are fasting, give to the poor. Give to the poor. Do you know that the people in other religions, they know this thing. Anytime they are doing that, they are long fast. Go and see what they do. If you have ever seen them, when they are doing their long fast, they combine that fasting and prayer time to becoming excessively generous. I was living in an estate when, when one of these men, not a Christian, in the other religion, during this, their 30 or 40 days fast, always, he kills cow, I think every two, two days or something. You always see, he prepares cow and you see people coming. Then they will come and use cow to pack the thing and go and distribute. Giving does not know religion. Giving answers to whoever practices. Giving to the poor. Because if giving to the poor, like I said to you, God is the defender of the poor person. So God always recognizes those who remember the poor. He always remembers those who remember the poor. Always. Some in, in, in some um, Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 says, He who lends to the poor, lends to the Lord, and that which he has given the Lord will repay. Psalm 41 verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. So now, when you consider the poor, when you even think about them, say so you have made yourself qualified for God to deliver you in time of trouble. Hallelujah. The next type of giving is giving to God which is called free will offering or love offering. Giving to God. It's called free will offering or love offering. And I will give you examples of those who understand this principle. Abraham at 75, God told him he was going to be father of nation. God spoke to him. For 24 years, God kept appearing to Abraham. Abraham. But he still did not receive the fruit of the womb. Do you know the year that Abraham received the fruit of the womb? In Genesis 18, God sent three angels. They were walking in the wilderness. And Abraham recognized that these people must be angels. They, must, they have something special about them. Do you know what he did? In the sun, he said, that, My Lord, please, can you come in here? Let me give you water. Let me give you food. And he said, go ahead. He went to Sarah, if you read your Bible in Genesis 18, he said, Sarah, go and look for a fat cow, calf. The one of the best calf. Kill it for them. He went again and milked another cow. For him. Another translation said he gave them yogurt. He milked the cow. Then Sarah went to go and prepare special food. And he came and served these men. And they looked at it and said, now you are wise. It was a test of how you will honor God. Do you know what they said to him? 
They said, by this time next year, you will have a child. By this time next year, that barrenness that I've had you bound for 24 years, you have now honored God like God. God will now show himself like God in your life. Sarah laughed. He thought it was a joke. Because for 24 years, he has heard such a word. But this time around, something changed. Your story is changing this year. Anna, over 15 years, was going to that same temple. Nothing changed. But the day she combined what I call the Cornelius principle, prayer and giving, the Bible said in 1 Samuel that Eli took notice of her mouth. How come Eli never took notice of her mouth all this while? Because that was the day she said, if you give me a child, I am even giving this child back to you. Now, one of the things you will see that, that is very common in all these people I've mentioned is that they gave to God as God, not as a servant. You see, one of the things that is making God not to glorify himself in the life of most Christians that give they give to God with a religious mindset. They say, make we give offering, we are giving offering. So, offering has been so abused that people dip their hands and give without thinking about who they are giving to. I was a victim of this until one particular day. This particular day, somebody came to my office on the island then, when I was working there, and tried to do a 419 for us. Eventually, the thing became a police case. But the policeman refused to collect bribe from this big man. The man was so objective, the DPO. He was so objective. Eventually, he discharged both of us. And he told the man, I have no case. I was so happy that there are still good policemen in Nigeria. Because he didn't ask for anything from me. So I went back to the office. I said to my boy, we need to appreciate that policeman. To encourage him to continue there. When I went to go and we do what I wanted to use to honor him, then the Lord said to me, I have been keeping trouble away from you. You have never thought of honoring me like this. Ah! It shook my heart. You see? Now, what I give to God every Sunday was going to be an embarrassment to somebody because it's just a DPO who only did something for me in one day. The one who has been doing it for me regularly. I never thought about honoring him well. This is what I call the Cain and Abel attitude to giving to God. Cain approached God with a mindset of, let us just give. Abel looked at it and said, no, I'm giving to the almighty God. God then looked and said, I gave both of you this. Look at the way you are bringing. And God rejected this one. Do you realize that one of the ways to know a child is... When you give something to a child and you ask them to give it back, what do they do? Uh, uh, and you gave them the thing. And now, give me back. The child can even begin to dance my in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how most Christians are. When you refuse to grow in your offering to God, things cannot grow around your life. Because you are not treating him as God. The next one is what we call obligation giving. Obligation giving is different from free will. Obligation giving is the giving that God has mandated everyone to give to him. And that is where 
Titan falls under. The word Titan has been so abused that most Christians worship God, they never think of Titan. In the book of Agai, chapter 1, look at it, verse 5 to 8. Said, now therefore, thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring it in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And either earned wages, earned wages to put in a bag with holes. What is fighting them? They are not giving to God what belongs to God. Matthew 25, 22, 21. Matthew 22, 21. Look at what Jesus said. They said unto him, said Caesar, then he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God. Listen to me, there are things that belong to God. Your tithe is one of them. Regardless of whatever you think, you must know that God gives you something. Out of it, you must, there is a portion that you use to acknowledge him. Look at what the Bible talks about tithe. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 12. Will a man rob God? Some of you have heard it before, but listen to what is actually said. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, why rain have we robbed thee? Say, in tithe and in offering. Ye are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. A man that is cursed, that is praying to God. Can his prayer be answered? Because his lips is a cursed lips. Most of us cannot link them together. The tithe and the unanswered to prayer. The God you are not honoring is the God you are crying to to help you. It doesn't work. You don't honor him and you are asking him to honor you with the answer to prayer. Look at what he said. Verse 10. Bring you all tight into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And put me now here with, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I will answer your prayer. Answer to prayer is a blessing. From today you are entering into that blessing. Verse 11. And I will rebuild the devourer for your sake. And it shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. He said it. You don't know what? I will not take my hands away from you. My hands will remain with you. He said, I will rebuke it. It's either you chose to fight your battle yourself or you allow God to fight it for you. The choice is yours. But any day, any time, I choose God to fight my battle for me. I say, I choose God to fight my battle for you. Let me show you a, a story. The first billionaire in the world is a man called John D. Rockefeller. I read about his story yesterday. One of the things that CNBC, um, in CNBC published an article in 2018, March, 20, March 26, 2018, about the family of this man. He's the first billionaire in the world, first billion dollar man in the world. This man was a die-hard titer. Look at what he said. He said, I never would have been able to tight my first million dollar. No, my first million dollars. Ever, if I have not tightened my first salary, which was one dollar fifty cents per week, so what I was earning as a salary 
was $1.50 and he was tightening it. Papa Egi wrote a book, I believe in vision. And he spoke about a woman in his church who had a daughter who was an invalid. He said, this daughter cannot work at all. Cannot do anything. So when they come for service, you know those days they used to have bench in front to pray. So you just see the pastor will be preaching. Because nobody can take care of the children, child in the children's house. So the mother used to carry him. If the woman makes a mistake of leaving that child, so the child will crawl under people's chair and get to the front and just the rolling. At 18, the child could not speak. The girl could do nothing. But he said, one thing he observed about the woman is that the woman never stopped tightening. One day, the woman went to go and do labor. She was a very poor woman. As she was coming, because there was no service that day, the woman brought him Papa Ege's house and said, this is the tight of the, you know, Alabaru work she has gone to do. I want, because I, I don't want to wait till Sunday. I want to give this money because I don't want to spend it. And the pastor said, she looked at him and said, Madam, you need this money. More than give. He said, no, it's not about that. Whatever is called devourer, I don't want to ever have business with it. He said, one day without praying, they were in the church. They were having a service. When all of a sudden, this woman's girl stood up. He made altar call. And this woman's girl stood up and answered altar call. Everybody in church was surprised because she was so dirty. Because she rose in the mud. Said about 15 years later, he, was, he went back to that town. This, she was married. She was now married. She was having, she was controlling the housing estate in that community. She said, the woman fought the devourer based on the word of God. John D. Rockefeller, 2018. They did a um, a documentary of his family. The man is dead now. They realized that they said that most wealth don't pass third generation. This man, this is the seventh generation. You can Google for it. And you can Google for John D. Rockefeller. I've told you where I got the source from. This particular one. If you Google John D. Rockefeller, uh, John, uh, John D. Rockefeller, four secrets to raising wealthy kids. Just put it in Google. Four kids to raising wealthy kids. You will see a CNBC article that was published in 2018 when they did that documentary on his family. He's dead. Seven generations after, all his children are still billionaires, working in millionaires. David Rockefeller, they then interview him. What is the secret of your family? He said, Our father taught us not to forget the principle of giving and tithing. In 2014, the children alone gave $1 billion to charity. Not one million euro, one billion dollar. A man who had died sometime in 1937. The titan is not just for you. Just as costs can move from generation to generation, the blessing of titan can move from one generation to the other. Stop eating what is supposed to affect your children unborn. It has nothing to do with the level you are. It has nothing to do with the men of God. Like I said, it has been abused. Some pastors say they are delivered in the church. All the contribution on the church, they will use to buy a car. Leave them. They will die before their time. They will, okay? the, it, church money has nothing to do with pastor. 
it like nobody. During the answers crisis, when my office was boggled at um, ShopRite and they carted away millions of goods, I responded the next week, two weeks later, we were raising money for camera in church. I gave about a thousand dollars. My boy who knew about it, who was, who was in the church, said, Pastor Paul, you need all the money. I said, we don't give because we have. We have because we give. Because I need all the money in the world now. I need the heaven over my life to remain open. I cannot add the tithe of course, the, the cost of tithing to my present problem. I gave during that season. I gave like never before. It didn't take God three months to restore everything. Today, when, I, they, when they bought my office, I was a tenant. When after they bought my office, I became a landlord. What, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? God's word works. Remove whatever evil mindset the devil has put there. For, don't follow man. Anything that is not in this world is a scam. Fighting opens heaven. And if you want your prayer to be answered, never miss the blessing of fighting. I pray today, as I end with the word of this man called Zig Ziglar, which says, one said you don't have, Zig Ziglar said one said, you don't have to be great to start fighting, but you have to start fighting to be great. Believe you me, God will never dupe any man. God is not a former man. And whatever we not have reward, God will not ask you to do it. So in this Thanksgiving Sunday, I pray for you that your obedience will be activated. Look around you. There is somebody that needs your help. Give to the poor. Let your offering not be an insult to God anymore. Give. I've shared with you. Let me end. By, I shared with you. My mother with six children. Let me end by this. Six children. Five naira left in the house. We went for a video. Five naira. Six children with my mother. Seven. No help from anywhere. And they say, offering time, offering time. And we children were looking at mommy. And mom, my mama packaged the five naira that was left. And I didn't really get that five naira. My mother is the supervisor. Me, I'm the beggar. The only job my mother does is that we go out in the evening. She will say, go and meet that one. Go and meet that one. And she will stand. She is the prophetess. Me, I'm the one that goes. Then my mother will point me. Go and meet that one. Go and meet that one. I'm telling you, that's how we... A lot of that's how we got money. So you can imagine the money we got through art and begging. Now you are giving the last five naira away. And we pinch my mother. And you know, I'm tired of begging. Tired of pretending. I came from uh, and the person I came to look for is not around. I don't have transport to go. Please help me. Those kind of cock and bull story or what we use it to make money. But my mother gave that last five naira in that video that night. We went back home. We went back home. I shared with you before. Oh, we slept, eh? When there is no money, you must have the gift of sleeping. Oh, we sleep. Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock. Even when you want to wake, you, are, you, you have to sleep for a long time. So that by the time you wake up, before you know it, evening has come. And at around ten o'clock, somebody knocked our door. We all, that's when you know that all of us were just on the bed. We were not sleeping. I opened the door and the woman said she's Mrs. Nike from the nurse compound. So I said, who do you want? I said, I want to see. Is your, is your daddy? And I said, there's no daddy here. Is your mommy called? Mommy is there. So mommy came. He said, this morning when I was praying, 
the Lord said to me, go to the next compound. Go to the room on the left. There's a woman there. You must be a blessing to her. When she was coming, she bought 500 naira. When she was coming, she bought gari. When she was coming, she bought beans. When she was coming, she bought rice. When she came, she came with yam. Who could have, what our begging could not have done? God gave our address to somebody to locate us. This month of June, as you begin to practice this principle, even if you are single, believing God to marry, God is giving your address to those who will bless you. Wherever they are, wherever they are, as you obey the word of God, your address is being given to them this month. Stand to your feet if you believe this is your month and lift your voice and talk to God everywhere. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.lgc.ng. May God bless you.